When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Kerry, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome, everybody, as we come to you live for the first time on location in Ames. Well, actually, Des Moines, Iowa, to be journalistically correct here, uh, where a hotel room that we shall not divulge uh, just because we don't want to show how cheap we are um, here at Soonerscoop.com. It is the Eskridge Lexus postgame uh, podcast. Uh, glad to have you guys with us as uh, we've just finished up a long day uh, writing stories. I actually wrote a story today. I'm proud of myself. Um but the Sooners win it uh, 37-27. It wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always easy, uh, which I think we should have expected coming into Ames, Iowa today. Uh, but, guys, the, the Cyclones certainly gave everything the Sooners wanted, and especially Mike Stoops' defense, which looked pretty damn good the first couple of games. Uh, I was in charge of the Sooner Scoop account today, so I know how bad some of the fans were. Uh, but a lot of people were not happy. Wait a second. You mean because they missed like 50 tackles today, people were pissed off about it? You mean because they let another backup quarterback towards them for I, Iowa State? Are we at the point now where is it just the easiest out to say that Iowa State might be a bad matchup for OU? But that doesn't that shouldn't negate the fact that they were so terrible in the tackling department. Today. You know what? I don't. I don't love that narrative, right? Of because Bob used to use it all the time about we have a target on our back everywhere we go, and I just look at Alabama. That's the way they've done it for say, fifty years, though. I, but I just look at Alabama. They have a target on their back every week, and they go out and like tonight they just murdered Ole Miss in their own. Yeah, house. there was some. There might be a homicide uh, investigation in Oxford uh, tomorrow morning. Especially after people go get chickens. After the, people suspect number one. Well, if I mean, if there's any hookers, there I'm sure there will be. But uh, massage therapist. I believe. Yeah, massage therapist. Excuse me. Uh, remember to pray for him when you go to church in the morning. I I think that uh, yeah, chicken and stick though is I've always heard is the is the thing to do down in Oxford. But it's neither here nor there. The uh, the OU defense though was kind of the uh, the the talk of the town I guess today with just how I, I mean. Did they play just downright poorly? Is that the way? Is that the best way to say it? Because I don't feel like it was just terrible. They just had lapses. Or is, am I just taking an easy out for Mike Stoops? Here's here's where it, it there's two places it unraveled for me today. One, uh, Hakeem Butler 
the game plan was clearly to go in, get one-on-one situations with Parnell Motley as much as you possibly can. And Parnell Motley did a really good job. By the way, I just looked this up since we're podcasting very late uh, on uh, a game night. Well, not very late. I guess it's, what are we, about officially 1039? Yeah, the night's still young. Uh, pro football focus summary is up. Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, I saw you heard that it they, here first. They had the Kyler Murray stuff up really quickly today. Uh, okay, let me let you guess. More or less missed tackles this year against Iowa State than last year? More. By how much? What Almost we, double. What did we say the number was? 13 last year? Uh-huh, 13 last year. It's in the 20s. Eddie? I'm going to say... I'm going to say less, just because that's the weird thing to say. You gamble too much. Like, I, I don't think you would have brought it you're up just, if you would have said... You're just such a gambler. I see why you play so much now. They had fewer missed tackles today than they did last it year. It seemed like it, though. It by seemed tw- like it. By one. They had 12. They had 12. They had 12 Jesus. missed tackles today. I want to know what they call a missed tackle. They, uh, the, only one sack. They hit the quarterback four times. Uh, they had 11 quarterback hurries, according to Pro Football Focus. And I'm just trying to look. Yeah, but missed tackles, 12. Uh... Yeah, I, that's shocking that's to me. Surprising, uh, you know. The one thing that, if from a from a defensive standpoint, that I would be not necessarily worried about, but they didn't they didn't generate the type of pressure that we had seen through the first two games. Well, and Mike talked about that in the post game, and I thought it was. I, I know you guys were over uh, interviewing players as they were coming in. Usually, here's how it goes, folks. For you that don't know. Like, I'll stay with the coaches that are on the podium. Whether It's usually Lincoln Riley and Mike Stoops, and today it was Kyler Murray. Uh, and I listen to them talk while Eddie and Bob Bob goes to work on his stories. Eddie works on his video. And that usually the players come in while the press conferences are going on, so you guys hustle over to them. Uh, but Mike talked about it today. I thought he made some good points, which was uh, they max protected with both a tight end and running back. And when that happens, you can only send seven people. Yeah. Uh, and he said they're they're not going to be so irresponsible as to get to, getting to the point where they're blitzing eight people. He said they're just not going to do. It. He said you're crazy if if you do that. And basically saying you're just asking to get burned. Yeah, basically saying look, all you armchair defensive coordinators, you can come here and blitz eight people, but you're going to get your ass torched. Yeah, that Manny that's, Diaz is a pretty good example. That's of that. that's not a good way to play defense. And I I, I think that you know if it, it seemed like for a time there that they were just picking on Parnell Motley repeatedly, and well, they kept. I mean, it, it didn't work for him for a long time, and then the a, floodgates opened. Yeah, that he, was the thing, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't really finish my point, which I'm horrible at doing. But that was their game plan. Okay, let's keep going after Parnell Motley with Butler, who's got a size advantage, and they could have easily just as well done it with Norwood on the other side if they wanted to, and I think the same result would happen. Uh, but eventually they started hitting some of those passes. Yeah. And uh, then Montgomery started getting loose on the inside zones. And the floodgate, it reminded me of a really good Baylor team that would spread the receivers out wide and just run the ball up the gut and to get, get you in one-on-one situations over and over and over again. And that's the game plan that Iowa State, it was, it's a very Art Bryles game plan that they use today. They just, they. It, Which it, that might be the Mike Stoops Achilles heel. Spread them out and then run right at them. Yeah. 
Yeah, you might have a good point. I mean, I'm saying if OU doesn't want to play UCF in a bowl game, because Josh Heupel is running the Art Pryor's offense. Shit. That would be <laughs> if if OU's playing UCF that in a bowl game. That would be games, the matchup from hell. Well, something has something drastic has happened if OU's playing Central Florida in a bowl game. Can't rip on Central Florida though. They got their game canceled because of the, the hurricane today. Alleged hurricane. I don't, it was a <laughs> hard rain. It was a hard rain. My sister lives in Florence, South Carolina. There's nothing alleged about it. it. I mean, yeah, it rained pretty hard. But I mean, <laughs> you saw the Weather Channel people out there doing fake news. That was true. That was very, very strange. You know, everybody wants to talk about the defense, and rightfully so. But I, I do think that oh, that they took some steps offensively. Real quick, before we move on, Pro Football Focus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you say graded out the best on defense today? Highest grade? Highest grade for a defender. I'll hint, I'll hint you up. It wasn't one of the leading tacklers, which were Parnell Motley and Kenneth Murray. Although you're going to be shocked at how good Parnell Motley's grade is today. I mean, he did have a couple pass breakups. Interception. Interception that that probably does that inflated. I don't really know how they probably. do the, uh, the actual I would, Yeah, grading. I would assume it. Yeah, definitely would. Let's go with. Is it a lineman? Is what? Is it a lineman? Yes. <laughs> look, 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 Brent. Neville Gallimore? He was second with a 75.6. Gallimore is going to be my, my pick. Jeez. It was it, the leading tackler last week. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson again. Mark Jackson. Wow. With an 80.8. And you know what's crazy? According to Pro I, Football Focus. I honestly didn't feel like I saw him a lot. I, I, I watched the line a lot today. He was in he's there a, on a lot of He's in on plays. a lot of it? Okay. For instance, I mean, uh, he had five total pressures, one sack, four hurries, four tackles, two assists. Uh, it, he, was, he, was, he was solid. Yeah, he, he, he dropped back in, in coverage a little bit too. It's not bad. I mean, I, I think that he's definitely growing at that position. But Neville Gallimore second, 75.6. Parnell Motley third with a 70.8. Uh, Curtis Bolton fourth. With all those missed tackles. Oh, my Didn't God. Matter. Here's number five. People are just going to say, F pro football focus. Khalil Houghton. We're, we're done Khalil with him. Houghton. Khalil Houghton number didn't play that his, bad. Here's what, what Houghton does, though. And this is his is – Pro football focus grade never gets hurt because he's not in around enough plays to get hurt. Like, you look at his numbers, he's basically a flat line all the way across. But, man, that that 51-yard touchdown to Akeem Butler. That was shades of oh last year. That was shades Absolutely. of the last two or three years. I, I think everybody – uh, whether you were in Ames today or at home in Oklahoma City or Norman or Los Angeles, wherever, everybody had the same reaction of, oh, shit, it's happening again. Uh, okay, by the way, let's uh, go ahead and get to this because uh, we have to name uh, a player. Of the game. And it's not hard. I don't think it's hard. Uh, I think you can even come up with a few different people on this. Uh, I'm but pretty decided on which way I want to go with this. Same, well, yeah, same. Well, same here. Here we go. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right, it is time for our Eskridge Lexus play of the game. 
Uh, by the way, I want to remind you guys, uh, we're out on the road this week to uh, Wichita, and uh, Ed Eskridge is going to give us a brand new Lexus uh, to drive. Pow. Uh, because he wants us to check out the brand new 2019 Lexus ES and ES hybrids uh, that have just started arriving at Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City this week. Uh, it's a brand new redesigned vehicle. Uh, you Actually, you've been seeing the commercials. If you've been watching football uh, on Saturday, even on Sundays, uh, you see a lot of the commercials. Uh, but the new ES, it features all the most up-to-date safety features. It's got Apple CarPlay, which is really cool. Uh, the new ES Hybrid gets 44 miles per gallon. Uh, combined fuel economy, not just highway or city, but combined. Uh, so you shouldn't have to, to fill up your car very often. Uh, I think I have, my Lexus is like 30 miles to the gallon. I love it. I mean, I don't fill it up very often. I can't imagine having 45. So, look, Eskridge Lexus is going to make this the easiest car buying experience of your life. Uh, and you can trust... You're going to get an awesome deal with a Sooner Scoop special. No annoying dock fees or other BS fees that they tack on at the end of the deal. Ed Eskridge uh, and his sons, uh, big listeners to the Sooner Scoop podcast. In fact, Eddie, you know one of his sons, right? Yeah, I crashed one. I crashed his wedding. You, uh, you're <laughs> literally crashed. You're, Will's his wedding. son knowing you is probably the biggest hurdle we faced in getting them to sponsor the <laughs> podcast. I love Will. They're they're good people. The Eskridges are good family. Uh, Sooner Scoop subscribers, uh, they love the podcast, wanted to sponsor it. So, hey, uh, go check out uh, you know, Eskridge Lexus. If you, I'm sure people out there, I can't afford You can afford a Lexus. I drive a Lexus. My God. Um, yeah, well, I, you were about to say I can't afford a Lexus. I was about to say you drive one. No, I drive one. It's okay. not that big of a deal. I mean, they're just really nice cars, and um, you can afford Very one. Very comfortable cars. I've, I've driven that. I've rode in your car Many, many times. You puked in it. Um, I did. Okay, uh, so the player of the game. Look, I said this. I'm going to throw mine out there first because I said this after I think the game. you're going in the direction that I'm going. Uh, I thought last week, you know, when all the national awards started coming in for Kyler Murray, I was like, really? Like, even starting with the Big 12, I was like, really? There was nobody else that had a better week than that? Like, and I thought, like, okay, well, Kerry, you've just become jaded because you've seen Baker Mayfield play so much that you don't recognize, you know, a, a really good effort versus an amazing effort. But when the Davy O'Brien, all this stuff started rolling, it's like, man, I, I guess there just weren't a lot of good performances last week. What I saw from Kyler Murray today was more of a Baker Mayfield type performance, I thought. So uh, you lose Rodney Anderson. I don't think it's good that he's leading the team in rushing. I, I, I want to see that changed a little bit for the sake of this offense, but he's carrying this team right now in the run game and the, and the passing game. His connections with uh, uh, Marquise Brown today were as good as we, we've ever seen, even with Baker. So he's my nomination. Okay, that's Tyler interesting. Murray. That's not the direction that I was thinking you were going to go, but I will say Murray there for a, a moment, and especially in the first half, I mean, Iowa State was punching, and they kept he kept them right in the game and would get them going back in to score or uh, eat up some time on the clock, and I thought that was really impressive today. They uh, he, was, he throws the ball, and I, I, I'm completely going against what I tried to kind of feel like I stood for throughout the first – throughout the preseason, throughout the summer, throughout all of this was the fact that he throws a damn good football. And I, I'm talking. I thought he out threw Marquise Brown on that 75-yard touchdown. I was like, "There's yeah, no he, way." He tried he threw to ask him after far. the game if he had, if he, if that was all he had, and 
He wasn't given in. I don't in. believe that that's for a, a second. That's a. I do not that, believe that's that. That's a for Kyler a Murray baseball yes. ego type thing. He wants I to don't have believe a, that. For I think he threw that ball as hard as he humanly could throw. It, it was a pretty pass. He's like, like, you never want to overthrow a football. I was like, bullshit. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if there's a. I mean, Josh Allen maybe is might be yeah. the only guy that could out throw. He's a guy you watch throw the ball and you're like, damn. Yeah, I mean, it pops out of his hand, but that I, I Kyler Murray was really good today. I'm gonna go with uh, Austin Seibert. I think it's a worthy nomination because, and you wrote about him after the game, Kerry. But I mean, he came up big. He all the touchbacks that he had today. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean, that's I don't want to say it's part of the defense, but he helps him push him back there. Uh, you know, I, I he punted the ball well when he had to, and the three field goals today. I mean, especially the 41 yarder. If he doesn't make that. It's a seven-point game with three minutes and left. Two fifty left. If you're, if you're playing on defense, absolutely. About last absolutely. Or it was. So uh, I'm going to go with Austin Seibert. I've said his name correctly twice now, and uh, it hasn't been the case all day. It hasn't. It hasn't. The, uh, the I've heard you throw out a couple of Seiberts today. A big, big, big job by the uh, by the captain. Uh, Bob Prisbillo. Seibert. It's a, oh, there, my God, I'm being overruled There here. are certain games. The kicker over Kyler Murray. <laughs> the kicker over Kyler Murray. I just, you know, you think about the way Iowa State was pooch kicking throughout the second half. And that's and, a respect and, and respect get, thing to Trey Brown, who oh, I know. only has, you know. I'm so pissed off at their kicker. <laughs> and, and given the Sooners the ball, I like get the 35. Then you have Seibert just kicking it out of the end zone. Every single time, and that might be one of his most clutch field goals ever. You know, it is. I think it is. You know, because he doesn't he have hasn't that, had a game that winner. pressure-packed yeah. situation too much. And Lincoln Riley talked after the game how much trust he had in in him to to make that, and he showed exactly why. Yeah, a lot. I mean, as you guys know, I've always been a big, big believer in him. I just I know what the kid's made of, know what he's had to had to do here. You know, all those jobs for all those years, it's hard. And uh, he's done it well. Um, it really went through my mind. There's we got the last set of downs, especially after I think we got backed up on the first one. But the next couple of calls there on third down, second and third, uh, I went a little bit more risky instead of conservative. I was trying to hit it and get the first down and tried to get the big play. And part of my thought process really was, if we lose a couple here, I, I, I feel really good about our kicker, you know? And so I, it's it's nice when you feel that as a coach, is you feel like you can be aggressive. And if it doesn't work out like it didn't, and I didn't do a good job, that he, he can uh, make a big kick for our team. And I charted that in my post-game article, and Lincoln really tried to screw him over. I mean, they got down to the 16. I think it was a, a eight-yard pass to uh, – Miles. Was it Miles Tees? Yes. Uh, they got down to the 16-yard line, and then Lincoln starts futzing around with his offense. Uh, Kyler Murray gets sacked for a nine-yard loss. Uh, so then all of a sudden it's back to a 41-yard field goal. Then the next play, Trey Sermon gets tackled for a one-yard loss. You lose another yard. So like you guys said, you're trying to get a game-clinching kick, and you were at the 16-yard line, which makes it a 33-yard field goal, which is easy for for Austin Seibert. Then you push it out to a 42. He comes in, calmly makes it. And, Eddie, I don't know if you were standing under the goalpost, but it's like from the press box, as soon as that ball left his toe, 
you could sense all the air getting sucked out of that stadium. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely. Their fans knew it was that's, it was gone. Especially when you're like, down on the good. sidelines, you can tell that's like the only way that you can tell if it's a make or a miss. Uh-huh. Uh, and especially on the road, because it either goes, people go wild or it goes dead silent. And when it went dead silent, you figure what you're it like happened. You're like, he clubbed that one. Right. I just gotten off the elevator, was standing in the bleachers as the kick was going, and yep, everyone just went completely silent. Like, All right, this game's over. Which, you know, that's kind of a, you know, following the Sooners on the road uh, the last few years, that has been uh, one of the things that I, I think Sooner fans can take pride in, uh, just going on the road, you know, just ripping people's hearts out. they become really good at You think about the Ohio State game last year. Uh, and Lincoln Riley talked about that very thing after the game. We just, we love it. I mean, I think it's really that simple. We love it. We've got some tough players. Uh, coaches have done a good job. You know, we we understand that they're not going to be easy. If you get that great one where you play unbelievable and things go your way and you blow them out, that's, that's all well and good. But it's not ever supposed to be easy on the road. And we, we embrace that. We love it. And so uh, this team was really excited to play this game. And uh, so I think it's all a mentality. I, I think this is going to lead us to our Coop Aleworks play of the game uh, because, guys, I think the one thing that you came to appreciate about a Baker Mayfield Oklahoma offense was that no matter what another team did, no matter how many big plays they made, Baker would find a way to lead his team back and make up that score or extend the lead. There was always an answer. There was always an answer. And even when it was a seven-point game, you always felt like they can get this back out to 14. If another team scored first, they would immediately go down the field, it seemed like, most of the time, and get those seven points back. And, guys, when we talked about the play earlier, when Hakeem Butler caught that pass over the middle, it was after Grant Calcaterra fumbled, uh, I think a 26-yard catch maybe. Uh, then he ends up fumbling it. Very next play, Iowa State comes back, throws it to Butler over the middle. He rumbles 51 yards. He goes through, uh, I think it was Parnell Motley, Trey Norwood, Curtis Bolton, uh, Khalil Houghton. I think that was the, the progression. And you're just sitting there like, oh, my God, this team might not be able to recover from something like that. There was there were points, and not necessarily to say that I thought that they were going to lose at any point today, but there certainly were points, and especially after – uh, you know, the Calcaterra uh, fumble, which I, I kind of want to get into Calcaterra's play through three games. Yeah, it's not it's been great. Not what I've not what I expected. I don't really know what I expected, but it's not this. he hasn't been. And you noti- notice after the fumble, they took his ass out. They I put did. Lee Morris yes. right in the game. I, that was something I was uh, charting. But, you know, there were points today where it was like, I, I think that OU's okay, but. I mean, Iowa State had multiple opportunities to get back in the game. And I, I thought the, you know, the drive that really kind of took it out of them was, you know, after they had tied it up 10-10, OU's able to go straight down the field. And was that the CeeDee Lamb touchdown? Yes. Yes, it was. If I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, and then that pushed it back out to 17-10, and it, it felt a lot more comfortable after that. And they built to 14 and then, after And then after, after that, that, the two-minute drive. I Which mean, was the last four minutes. Baker <laughs> – Definitely had two-minute drives. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that was about as perfect as it could have gone. It was too perfect for Bob and I. We were up there going, what the hell are they doing? Where's the urgency? Well, I I remember looking up. They had the ball at like the 30. There's like 30 seconds left in the half, and I was like, Jesus Christ. And And guys are just walking to the sideline and back. Uh, Here's Lincoln Riley talking about kind of 
the offense being able to kind of answer even after losing Baker Mayfield? You know, we don't really feel like we're building it back up. I mean, you just start from where you start and you try to get it as good as you can. Uh, so it just, you know, that's the mentality we have really as a whole team. And when they, they made plays or they got momentum, not just offensively, we just responded as a team. I mean, anytime it got close, we separated back out and it was contributions from all three sides. So I think we'll take confidence in that. I think we're growing as a team and, uh, you know, you can win under adverse conditions, you know, in a place like this against a good football team will do nothing but help. The game is over. The stats are in. Now it's time to grab a Coupe Works beer and raise a glass to our play of the game. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sorry to say that, uh, you know, I didn't want to be like Smokey and the Bandit, bring a bunch of beer across state lines. You know, so we don't have the coop tonight to to to, to celebrate with you guys. Uh, I apologize. When we get back to Oklahoma, just pretend like we're having it. I guess, just pretend like we're having a native amber, or a Saturday siren, or a DNR. You know, with you guys. So anyway, we we've, we've kind of talked about the flow of the game. Uh, there's got to be one play though. Unfortunately, damn it, it wasn't Trey Brown returning a kickoff. Those bastards wouldn't kick it to anybody. Um, but are we going to make a kicker again to play of the game? Nominations, please. The 41-yarder, is that the – would that be the lead or just all three of them together? <laughs> you just – Oh, You're just not, not giving any uh, <laughs> any thought to any other plays that happened in the game? Oh, no. I I mean, I thought the Marcellus Sutton uh, – Hurdle? Hurdle was pretty sweet, although he got oh, he got tagged. He got tagged at the end of it. I uh, I think I told I thought Bob the, this. the Trey Sermon twenty two yard touchdown run was pretty good. Yeah, I told Bob this. I think, and maybe uh, we were sitting next to Jason Kersey too from the Athletic. To me, the Sutton play where he hurdles and then gets hammered, like that's just football justice. Yeah, like you if leave you your... hurdle a guy, you should have to get smashed on the other like unless you're Saquon Barkley and you're so fantastic that a guy comes up and tries to smash you midair and it hurts him more than it hurts you like then you're like okay that dude can get away with it yeah yeah that's that's football you leave your feet you're gonna get pounded and you probably deserve it you probably deserve it the 22 yarder wasn't I mean I thought the sermon run was really good that capped off. That was on the same drive, and that capped off. That was a drive that, if if Oklahoma could bottle that, I think they could live perfectly fine with that as a as a run game. It just all it all goes back to our discussion that we had on the last unofficial forty. Like Trey Sermon came in. I think you logged it on in your story, Bob. Like Sutton had Sutton three had runs four, or and th- he caught a ball. He had four of the six plays with Sutton. And then, and then Sermon came in to break that run. It dude, was like, it was it was the changeup that he's been, and that's where he. I think that's where he really excels. I I don't know if I'm ready to say that he can be a number one. Not yet. I not right now. I asked Lincoln Riley about it afterwards, and he did not really want to answer it. No, he's that. Some of that was just being a true freshman. He's. He's in better shape. He can he can go the whole day. He did, he played a lot of snaps today, and you know, kind of stale, hot conditions, humid conditions. Um, and so, 
no, I, he's he's ready to carry the workload. There's no doubt, and, and I think our other guys are too. No concern. Uh, okay, we go back to Pro Football Focus, uh, partnership that we've got now uh, with Soonerscoop.com, because this was one of the first things I wanted to look up uh, when the day was done. We all know the offensive linemen are going to have the most snaps. They always do. Uh, Drew Samia, Ben Powers, Cody Ford, uh, Bobby Evans all had 71. Of course, Jonathan Alvarez. Uh, actually, let me get this in here real quick. Jonathan Alvarez left the game. Creed Humphrey came in and played. Uh, let's get in a quick, because it's real short, uh, a Lincoln Riley injury update. On... And it's interesting because it's not what we heard I, initially. See, I don't – play the clip Here's and then the we'll, clip. I'll get into my opinion. Uh, Alvarez good. Uh, we planned to play both centers. Um, did. Thought they both played well. Um, so, yeah, no, I think injury-wise we looked, looked like it was pretty good. What struck you about that? I just think that Creed's better. I think they went with Creed. They moved the ball successfully on that second drive, and they just kept him in there. It was weird because, you know, we were watching so many things in the pregame. We were trying to see if Austin Kendall was going to come dressed out. Uh, you're looking for injuries. And there was a weird moment where Jonathan Alvarez was getting looked at by a trainer in the exactly. end zone. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, I, I completely missed that. And it was really that. taped up uh, more so than usual. It looked like he was getting ready to put on boxing gloves. It was that tape. Really? Well, we we heard from Chris uh, Chris Plank is that he was being looked at, so it wasn't okay. just. Um, that's why when Lincoln phrased it like that, he made it sound like Creed was just playing better, mm-hmm. so he got the nod. Well, that might change my opinion a little bit. I, I in the long run, though, I mean, there's no question that's it's Creed's job. I agree, um, but we were talking about the play of the game. Uh, which, you know, that's fine. We get off track. That's, that's cool. We're talking football at least for some of you that get mad about our non-football tangents. Um, what about the 75-yarder? The that is mine because in the first quarter, Iowa State looked like the better team. They had 21 plays. They had two drives where they kind of went up and yards, down. Nine minutes of time possession. They looked like the better team, but they're down 10 nothing. Because Kyler Murray can throw it a long ways, and Marquise Brown can run under it. And it looked like the defenders stopped going after it. They didn't believe there's any way Brown could catch that, and they let up for just a half second, and that's all it takes. Shit, we might have – talking about the player of the game, I mean, he didn't really do a whole lot in the second half, but I believe the 189 receiving yards for Marquise Brown in the first half was a school record. Yes, for, it was. Which for we didn't even half. we didn't even mention. And he broke his old record. He had the record previously, and he broke. Was it. that a, was that Bedlam? Yes. Because I, I I looked at halftime, and he had 265 in that game. Yes. Uh, receiving yards. That was a pretty impressive first quarter or first half for Marquise Brown. It didn't look like he was doing a whole lot, but the run down the uh, Iowa State sidelines. What was that like a? He had 50 th- yarder. Three third down conversions. Yeah, they, it, those were big. I mean, he's not just a guy you go, you know, 30 yards out and just let him fly. He's making competitive catches this, this year. By the way, uh, let me circle back around. Uh, total snap counts for today Marquise Brown, position player, 65. Um, CeeDee Lamb, 54. But after that, is Trey Sermon with 51, and nobody else uh, was in the 50s other than Creed Humphrey. Well, we talked about it on the unofficial 40. Uh, By the way, Jonathan Alvarez, only 14 snaps today. Okay, so he was out there a lot longer than I thought. He was out there for two series. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah, and Marcellus Sutton still couldn't get over uh, 10 carries today. They gave him the ball nine God. times. Son of a well, bitch. He got, I, he got way late on that one play, and I oh, don't know I th- what happened. He either got slightly knocked out. I thought he broke his leg. But they they st- they spat it up his ankle when he went back. and It's just funny because every, like, everyone saw something different. I yeah. thought it was a concussion. He got kicked in the head, and he went limp. And then you see him getting taped up. But he, he came back in the game in the fourth quarter. He's a tough kid, him and Curtis Bolton. There was a time where Curtis Bolton, I literally, and I talked to him after the game about this, he went from uh, kickoff to he got banged up during the kickoff. And you could tell, like, he was limping around out there. And they went to a TV timeout. And he, in the entire TV timeout, he spent uh, his time, like, getting feeling or whatever back in his leg, like, running around. Mm-hmm. Then he made three plays on the defensive side of the ball, stayed out there for the punt return. I mean, the guy just – Plus, he took a giant shot in the nuts today. Yeah, he did. I asked him about it after. I said uh, <laughs> said something to the effect of, they get you in the man region? He's like, yeah, man. I, I had to I had to fix myself, well, like, I think I feel is what like, said. I feel what like. What if they put I, – I told Dylan Buckingham this on the sidelines today. OU, all college teams should have a just a team whore that rubs what? it out for him on oh the sideline. <laughs> oh, my Where God. Where is this coming from? <laughs> you realize this is the Coop Works. <laughs> play of the game that you're well that's just a thought uh, nothing that they have to do so play the game where are we going gosh this, I, it's, it's tough gotta, it's got to be cyber but it was tough could no singular play look like is parnell motley in the top three no because i think he deserves he got an interception some type at the of end. recognition i mean he had a rough he, day he finally but he put... also did some good things he graded out well on pro football focus it was pretty amazing you didn't get benched for Trey Brown, that they did stick with him. They must think he's mentally tough because he's shown that when something bad happens, it can snowball. Yeah, and it did, yeah you're right. It did today with the, su- the suplex tackle that led straight yeah. to getting beat on the uh, very next play. That was his worst play of the day, by the way, after the suplex. Kyler Murray, pro football focus grade, through the roof. 90s? 92.7. Trey Sermon was 91.4. That's well, crazy. It was interesting how much they used the two the two back set with Sermon and Sutton. By the way, TJ Pledger, one snap today. For one yard. Got to get him some carries. You got to. Uh, I, I think that they will next week. They I just, mean, this wasn't a coming on a the road. Yeah. Way to do you're it. Gonna, you're going to have Ronnie Perkins didn't really get a whole lot of snaps. I'm going to say right now, they're going to have an opportunity to kick the living shit out of Army next weekend. I think Army's bad. How is their secondary going to tackle those guys? OU? Yeah. Just Kenneth Murray and Curtis Bolton are going to have to have like 20 tackles apiece. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, defensive line played well too, but let's let's finish this thought. Play of the game? Are we that we're officially going with Cybert? Cybert? Sure. I mean, you can make. You can. <laughs> I mean, we watch out every Poor week. Harry. We the player of the this game. This might be the, the this might the be game. the only week of his career that we can give him player of the game. Let's just do it for Westville Bellevue High School or whatever, wherever the hell he went. Bumfuzzle. Somewhere in Illinois, closer to St. Louis than Chicago. Fine. I am fine with that. That's cool. Austin Cybert, congratulations, you. Contact him and let him know what Coop he. Coop Works 
play of the game Didn't and win. the Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Unfortunately, uh, we can't give you any beer or give you a Lexus. And so. I am still blocked by Austin. You are? I don't know really? what I did. I have no clue what I did. That's funny. <laughs> you drank too many DNRs or F5 IPAs and said, that guy looks creepy. I'm going to block him. Really? Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Do you want to go back to that whole uh, Curtis Bolton, Brian Mead, Caleb Kelly thing? I think we have to, uh, and I think this is a perfect time to it's, go back to it because that, that is the that might be my number one story that came out of this week. It is. It is. I mean, you've got a game, so you got to tell the story of the game because nobody wants you to talk about the game on Monday. Because everybody's going to move on, but on Monday, everybody's going to be talking about this Caleb Kelly thing. And uh, I'll say this. Someone asked us, I think Eddie and I, like, could they redshirt Caleb Kelly? And this was, like, on Friday. I was like, no way. I'm not redshirting Caleb Kelly. He's a five-star. That would be ridiculous. And then Lincoln Riley comes up to the podium and makes me look like an idiot. And not only, I mean, Whoops. what a... Sorry, Eddie. Uh... Did it work? Hmm. Do I want to enable dictation? See, these are the things that... Uh, what a tumultuous week it's been. Or not week, but... Um, yeah, we're we're kind of evaluating that position right now. You know, Caleb's done a good job, but we are, <laughs> you know, looking at, you know, he is a guy that does have a red shirt year available. Not to say that that's what we're going to do, but you do... You do this four-game deal starts to come into play, and so uh, that was that was a factor in that decision. I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm, I don't want every headline now to say that we're going to redshirt Caleb Kelly. I don't know what we're going to do, but that that was a factor in the decision-making process when we knew it was only going to be one snap. And where it got weird was when Caleb, when Curtis Bolton did get hit in the nuts, Brian Mead came in instead of Caleb Kelly, and we were all like, "What the hell is going on?" What was confusing is Kelly goes out there when they think Bolton is hurt and he's out there throughout the entire TV timeout with the rest of the defense and I think someone must have said hey Curtis isn't hurt he just got hit low he's going to be back this very next play you don't have to put Caleb in we can put Brian Mead in this one snap and we'll be okay because then they yank Caleb out and they put Brian Mead in I think Caleb's in the doghouse. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's too good of he a He just got named to the, the all good works team. He's not in the doghouse. Yeah, that's a team you never want to be on. Uh, <laughs> the He was the first guy the to Tim run out Tebow there, though. Yes, yeah, absolutely. it tells you everything you need to know. He was enabling Aaron Hernandez being a homicidal gang member anyways. He was actually the shooter. That's a good theory. I'll run with it. By the way, did you see the Paul Feinbaum thing today? Is he senile? Is he losing like it more than... One of the than, most embarrassing been, things that can happen. He's been hanging out with Joey Galley. How do they let that happen? I don't know. How do they even air that? I don't know if his IFB went out and he didn't know what was going on, but I I mean, they asked him what does he think is going to happen in Stillwater today. First off, that indicates he doesn't know that, Norm, that the University of Oklahoma isn't in Stillwater. And then he went and talked about how impressed he was with OU's out-of-conference schedule he said Oklahoma, and you could like people can make the mistake when they try and talk about Oklahoma State. They call him Oklahoma, right? I get that. It happens. But he started. Talk, they said, "What do you think is going to happen in Stillwater?" And he said, "I continue to be impressed by Oklahoma, and they're out of conference schedule. Uh, they just played UCLA. Now they're getting ready to take on Boise State." 
and I thought, and and ESPN the whole time is showing Oklahoma State footage on the screen, and you realize, oh my God, Paul Feinbaum doesn't know that it's Oklahoma State and Boise State today. I just, I don't, I don't even understand how that happens. He's probably too busy setting up his fake callers. Probably. Too worried about Marge and Mobile or whatever. Tammy, I think, is one of them. Jim. She's, those are special, special people. <laughs> special people. I thought about it, but after they take the, the way short bus. things went on Sooner Scoop uh, Twitter account, I didn't want to open up the voicemails tonight. I Listen, just, people are just passionate about I'm college athletics right now. To a point, oh, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's Let not, it finish. This isn't, this isn't a good thing. People are just. They are so invested. I was thinking about this uh, when I was going to buy beer after I dropped you guys off here at the hotel. People Shining moral example, Eddie Radosevich. Well, I popped one open on the way back. So, uh, it, I was thinking, I, have you seen the picture of the Auburn chick from today? No, no. I have not. I have no idea what you're oh talking about. Oh, my God. Like you would, mascara everywhere? No, but just... just she fat? No, she... Just distraught, I think, would be the hot. best way to put it. Uh, I don't know. So if it's she's a hot, hot mess, or she just she just looks like one of those people that just like like her her season's over, like her day is ruined because Auburn got beat by LSU. Oh, she'll be on barstool later doing something stupid, probably sleeping in a toilet. Uh, she's definitely picked a vape up off the ground before. I can guarantee <laughs> that. Uh, it's it's just funny that I, there's something about college athletics and especially college football that it really f's people up. Well, I mean, look, th- it was two easy games. Bob said this in his story. People were waiting for the other shoe to drop today, and I think they there was definitely some overreaction today because when you look at it from beginning to end, no, it wasn't three points like Iowa gave up, and there were some horrible tackling issues. It was still fewer missed tackles than a year ago. The defensive line still is good. I mean, yeah. they couldn't get to the quarterback today. They they pushed the pocket a yeah. couple times. But Montgomery wasn't just all – I mean, he had some – he cut against the grain a couple of times. Uh, he bounced some plays out off the tackle. But he had, what, 82 yards that's, total? I today? know. That's what I, I was about to say. You look at the fourth he quarter. He didn't run for 250 yards today. 68 total yards of offense in the fourth quarter when it – mattered most so defense the third quarter was really good third third quarter was terrible i mean the second quarter was really good this you know the the second and the fourth quarter it looked like defense hey they figured some things out oh the start of the halftime was just an abomination to defense so but 21 carries 82 yards you'll you'll take that against what's an average less than four just under like 3.9 something that's about what teams strive for, to be honest. I mean, four. So you get four, then you run it every time you're getting a first down. But Montgomery, with elusive as he is, you think he can get five or six pretty I easily. I swear to God, if I were an OU player, I would want his jersey checked for Vaseline. He's a, he's a damn I've he's never a damn seen a slippery back. guy like that. Can I he mean, play in the NFL? Yes. I think he can. I think he's a pretty, He needs to be I in a zone a good, run scheme. I think he's a good running back, just – Amani Bledsoe will be happy to not see David. Yeah. Montgomery. 
You should, but you saw like Ronnie Perkins got in there for the first time, and he like went up and he's like, "Okay, this dude's running right at me. I'm just gonna go grab him," and he just he's slithers whipped. right out of his grasp. And five yeah. yards later, he's falling down for a five yard gain. Look at that troll ass woman at the Utah game. He is kind of trolly. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was one of those. It was it was a good win. I, I think any time that you can come up to Ames and walk out of there with a, I mean, shit, a, a double. Digit victory, you have to take it. I mean, if you would have asked any OU fan going into Saturday morning if they would take a double-digit win on the road in Ames, you would have to find a psycho that wouldn't take that. I think they would have taken it for Kyle Kempt. It's the fact that Zeb Nolan, Zeb Nolan yeah. looked like a freaking star. Well, I, I would have been anger. advocating that they turn the they shut down the football program if OU would have got beat by Zeb Nolan. Whose stock is up and whose stock is down? It's time for the AMC Mortgage Stock Report. If you're on the move, check in with AMC Mortgage for all your home loan needs. All right, it is time uh, for, uh, I think, probably our most popular segment. Uh, It's the uh, stock up or the stock report. Stock up and stock down. I think it's going to be pretty easy to find some stock down this week compared to the first two weeks. Uh, let's start with Bob because I know you're over there looking at the stacks, stats. Who is uh, – give me one of each to start out with, a stock up and a stock down. I mean, you have to start with Marquise Brown, nine catches, 191 yards. Last week was all about Lamb. This week is all about Brown. He rises to the occasion time and time again. Stock, stock down, and this is the player I said we we need to watch. I'm going Parnell Motley because he doesn't turn around to look at the ball when it's in the air. He gets lucky on some of those breakups because he's not really there. It just happened that his hand hit it. Yeah, and I think today was probably a product of just the guy he was going up against had a lot more size than he did. But you're right, it's not just on him. I mean... It's become a pattern with him. Well, I mean, you can't just fall into that because he's going to see bigger receivers the rest of the year. I mean, Oklahoma State has some size that receiver. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey's bigger than he is. So, I mean, it, it it's a problem, but I think it's something that they can figure out at the end of the day. He's uh, going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to figure out how he needs to cover guys of that size. It would be interesting. I, I didn't even think about asking him after the game about something like that, but that's why they – don't allow me to ask a lot of questions, I guess. <laughs> um, I, it's stupid, but I think I got two stock ups for you. Austin Seibert, because we talked about him a lot. I'm not going to – no need to keep kissing his ass the entire podcast. But stock has to be up for Kyler Murray. It has to. I mean, this was his best game as a Sooner. Yeah. It was on the road – he His, led the offense to answer time and time again. It was Baker esque. Twenty one to twenty nine, three forty eight, three touchdowns, uh, fifteen uh, rushes for seventy seven yards. And what he brings to the run game, and what he's bringing to it right now. Were I mean, you surprised I don't know he, how much they they? I mean, were you surprised how many they? Those were actual called runs. Yeah, I was. Because at first he had like five or six runs, and I thought most of them were just improv improvisation. But then you notice as the game went along that Lincoln just started calling more stuff. And the other thing is, 
I asked him about this after the game. Like, what did you do this week? Because last week you had a lot of poor throws behind the line of scrimmage. And today everything was just right on target. So he really improved in that area. And those were some of his bigger plays in the game. The play that he did today that I was most impressed with is he would scramble in the pocket. We talk about all this running stuff. What he would do, he would step up in the pocket and find a receiver over the middle of the field. He converted so many big third downs by doing that today. I'll tell you what, though. There's a couple of those that you play a a better defense, a a quicker defense with better safeties, that's going to get picked off. He could get picked off. He's telegraphed a couple of those. Your receiver's going to get killed. Yeah. There were a couple. He telegraphed a couple of those. And that's very nitpicky on my part. But, I mean, that's one of those that – you do that too often, and late in a game when you're trying to move the ball or something, mm-hmm. you lose a game because of that kind of shit. Well, and I'm not talking – he had the one play, yeah, where he, he led a receiver back over the middle of the field, but it was more like he was still – it was the, it looked like that prototypical you never want to roll right and then throw back to the middle of the field. Yeah. It, it looked like one of those plays, even though he wasn't technically rolling right. For sure. And then I have to jump in. Carson Meyer, <laughs> duh. Something oh, way up. If his the Marcellus Sutton his first play, career reception. <laughs> we had four questions about the it. The problem was that happened, and then the Marcellus then Sutton, Sutton play happened. happened, and it took all the wind out of your Carson Meyer train sails. <laughs> Bob just threw his stats. He threw his final, Destroyed his game final. It. This is Carson Meyer's moment. No, he, his stock is definitely up. Definitely up. I don't know, you know, I think we have to say after the way that we treated him after the first game, Kenneth Murray's stock is officially up. Another game with 10 tackles, was the co-leader. Had the only tackles sack. tackles for the defense, had the only sack. Uh, he's played really well since that zero tackle game. And I'm not saying he played terrible in that opener, but he has been a machine. And he's been the guy we thought he might be. We gotta have some more stock down. Right? I have a stock down. I'm gonna have to take a drink before I do it because I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm trying to think who it is. Sermon. Grant Calcaterra. Oh ah, yeah, good one. Goldilocks. He, he had a fumble today. Probably still pounding that ass in Norman. Someone, <laughs> some sarostitute. But he hasn't been the type of he hasn't been the type of pass catcher that I was expecting through three games. And maybe I just had higher expectations because we were so used to Mark Andrews being a critical part of the offense at the Y or the tight end position, whatever they want to call it. But he just hasn't done it for me yet. Am I being too no, critical? He's he's not been he's not been on the Mark Andrews track. No. By any means. And I thought he'd be a bigger presence in the red zone. I mean, that's kind of where Mark Andrews made his money as a freshman. I think he tied the school record for touchdown receptions by a freshman. What they and end CD up, ended up what tying they, it last year. But, I mean, is, I, is it because he's not as big of a body I was gonna as say, Mark is Andrews? Is he just not strong enough when they get down there? And I, it could still come with time because I think he's a yeah. a phenomenal pass catcher. I just I, – I don't know. I Was that you perfect in the red zone today? No, they settled for the field goal twice. No, that's converting. Well, I I count them as touchdowns. I want six. <laughs> but you get your stats that you threw down there. Tell me the red zone converted conversion. Because I know it was three for three at one point. Yeah, they were. They were five for five. 
So I, I, it's hard to say. In fact, I believe they need that, to use. I mean, maybe when they're sc- sc- kicking field goals, you can say you're not utilizing Calcaterra enough. But okay, Lincoln Riley's been really good in the red zone. I, I want to say I don't have the stats in front there of me. There were three field goals going so in was, going into today. OU led the country in red zone offense. That's not going down because they were perfect. So it was. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought there were two times, and especially the. One in the oh, it was the it was the first time that they scored the first field goal. Mm-hmm. I thought that they kind of settled for some things. Maybe Kyler held onto the ball a little bit too long. Uh, I thought that they had. I, I want to say it was Lee Morris, but I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, somebody was wide open. Yeah, he was wide open in the end zone. And I think yeah. that was one of those that if Kyler maybe in game eight or nine makes that throw or tries to force something. But I think right now he's probably just trying to play it a little cool. Doesn't want to turn the ball over in the red zone, obviously. Uh, but you know, I you're gonna have to take chances at some point during the season, and maybe they just held on to it a little too long. I think that's a good way to end it. Uh, Grand Calcaterra, uh, yeah, we're we're watching. We've noticed. Uh, we th- we think he is I a superstar. I still think you're perfect, though, Grant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had he's to do not that. taking you to Cali to meet all the women. Like sorry, like I had you to did do with that. Baker. Uh, I want to remind you the stock reports brought to you by Kyle McCord. Of AMC Mortgage. Kyle's actually a, a close personal friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. He's a big-time mortgage lender, and he wants to help you guys if you're out there uh, looking for a new home. Uh, he and his team have been originating loans in Oklahoma together for over 16 years. Uh, he's done loans for a lot of guys that I work with uh, in the media business. Uh, in addition to standard, conventional FHA, VA, and jumbo financing, he also specializes in first-time home buyers and loans requiring down payment assistance. So he's also a lifelong fan. He's a season ticket holder. Uh, I may know some people that, you know, have a, have a pretty good viewing uh, of OU games, and he might be a part of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his grandfather was a halfback uh, on Bud Wilkinson's first few teams. So they've been huge Sooner fans, and he wanted to reach out and sponsor the podcast uh, Kyle McCord with AMC Mortgage, NMLS number 1256166, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender. You can call him at 405-623-3802. That's 405-623-3802. I can't recommend anyone higher uh, if you are looking at a new home and uh, looking for ways to finance through a mortgage lender. Guys, uh, Oklahoma State, from what we could see from it, we were working in the press box, but... I had it on. That's an impressive win. They, I don't think there's any way to other way to put it. They kicked the shit out of Boise State, and there was a lot of people, including myself, that I thought it was not going to go the other way. Judgments after that that uh, first game. The yeah yeah for sure. I thought uh, Taylor Cornelius was horseshit. Corn Dog played really well today. He he actually made some plays in the pocket that like Boise State collapsed the pocket and he moved out of the pocket Mm -hmm. and. Made some throws on the run. I think it, he still has some tweaks to do with uh, with with the the long ball. But there's a very good chance that Oklahoma State's undefeated when they come to Norman. Very, yeah. Like I, it would take a massive upset. I think Vegas will favor them in all their games. I would think so. Well, we say that. I it'll be interesting to see what that uh, Texas line is uh, and what they do over the next couple of weeks yeah, after that's their. True. Uh, their win today over Southern Cal, but their uh, national, you know, perception changing well, they'll, win. They'll be back in the top twenty-five tomorrow. Oh, and if they beat TCU next week, they'll be in the top fifteen. Are you kidding, Bob? By the way, USC is now one and two. 
USC has major problems. I think Clay Helton's going to get his ass fired. They're they're playing a freshman that shouldn't be playing. Reclassified. Yeah, JT to Daniels. Be playing. Yeah. And he looks like it. He looks so small and skinny compared to any other quarterback. It will be interesting to see kind of what how this whole Big 12 works out because I think the Big 12 from a you know, from a whole view outlook they had a pretty good day. I mean, look at Texas Tech. Outside of TCU, TCU could have made it a great day. Oh, it, it would have been a great day. But you know, West Virginia was obviously off with a rainstorm in the southeastern part of the uh, United States. But it was uh, it was a good day for the Big Twelve. And, I, and by the way, I'm, I'm I'm kidding about the rainstorm thing. I feel bad for everybody that's been affected by the hurricane. Because I know that we have some subscribers. It's really hard to take you as genuine. I know now. we have some subscribers that are from uh, North Carolina. I had a couple contacts. By the me way, on we have subscribers that are TSA agents, and you should know this kind of thing. I, I, you know what? When I went through security <laughs> in Oklahoma City, there was a guy that uh, I was getting the laptop out of my out of my bag uh-huh. to put on the conveyor or whatever, and uh, he came by and he kind of tapped the computer. And he said, "Have fun in names." I said, "I will." You think you listened to the pod? Absolutely. <laughs> Did you apologize to him for your generalization? They were your they were crash very, generalization of TSA agents. I I think I was dead on in my assessment, but they were very good at their job. Did they bring the little swabs to your uh, bag? No, they didn't. I got the. Pad I've never down. had that happen in Oklahoma City. I got this. I got to rub your inner thighs. Oh, I'm like, no. What the heck is going on here? Did you wink at him? <laughs> Just wanted to see. They go a little bit higher. Wanted to see if your nickname was horse. Is what they wanted to see. Uh, you know who would ask you that? Somebody like Joel Osteen. <laughs> By the way, I gotta tell you, I've had so many people comment uh, on more than just seven ninety nine. Oh, see, this is pizza delivered. Damn you, ESPN! Go to hell. Um, I've had so many people comment this week to me about your Joel Osteen as your number six terrorist. Or against? It's pretty, For pretty or classic. Against. They thought Wasn't it was it? hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty good. I know. I'll have the I'll have the uh, top fifteen or the top five down. You just don't give a shit anymore, do you? Nope. See it in the podcast. These beers are going down pretty good. We're not supposed to talk about that. Well, any, I'd drink anything. I was so thirsty today. Uh, oh, which reminds uh, me, we need yes, to talk about yes. the bullshit that is yes. Iowa State. Yeah. You got triggered. I think everybody got triggered today by something they saw. Barry Trammell got triggered, yeah. which never happens. The nicest man in the universe. Until you cross him. Well, for anybody that wants to know, Iowa State doesn't have air conditioning in their press box. It was about 90. They didn't today. I mean, I've never been there before. When they didn't, it's obviously broken. No, they don't. They don't have. We've never been up here. This early, this early when it's when it's been warm. This out. nice out too. I guess that's true. Yeah, they uh, the elevator attendant flat out said they do not have air conditioning in that building. So it was like ninety five up there. They didn't have water. Uh, Dylan Buckingham, one of our friends from uh, KFOR, said that he was in uh, the uh, one of the end zones at halftime uh, in the, one of their new facilities. Uh, and Bob Bowlesby's up there trying to get a, a bottle of water, and he got cut off by the uh, one of the ladies that works there. She said, sir, these are only for season ticket holders. <laughs> he, he was like, okay. What does Iowa State have against Bob Bowlesby? Well, probably everything. I mentioned earlier, I 
just walking by Hilton Coliseum, I kind of wanted to boo John Higgins. <laughs> yeah. That's a dump, by the way. Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Arizona, around the Arizona either. Wildcats are tied with Southern Utah, 17-17 going into half. That's not good. But, yeah, Bob Bowlesby, that, that's an atrocity. It was pretty funny, To refuse though. Bob Bowlesby water. She, I think she just had no idea who he was. Obviously. You think that you'd know. You'd think that, like, you would have, like, a liaison from Iowa State to take him around and be like, look, it's fine. This is our commissioner. He's wearing a suit in this weather. It's fine. Well, the Sooners move on. They're going to play Army next week. Uh, it is going to be on pay-per-view, so prepare yourselves for that. If you haven't figured that out already, don't be a poor and start complaining to Joe Castiglione on Twitter. Uh, by the way, Joe Castiglione told me a fantastic story today that the guy randomly came up to him. I, I really feel like we need to get him on the podcast sometime so he could tell the story. I think Joe and I would have a great rapport on the podcast. I think you're drunk. I could see how we I, – I'd ask him some really inappropriate questions. <laughs> and then Mike Halk would never let us run that podcast. We should have Mike Halk on the podcast. I, I'm going to just stop He's you. He's married to a panther. Um, no, but I guess, you know, Joe went to a uh, breakfast joint this morning. As he always does. As he always does. Yep. He's been there before. And every time Oklahoma comes to town, it's the it's the little diner. So everyone sits around a, a big, uh, like a bar top, and you know it's like uh, single serving, and then they have booze. But Joe and and Larry Nafee and and I think someone else went in, and every time Oklahoma comes, someone inevitably gets into a discussion about how uh, Oklahoma stole Bobby Stoops away from Iowa. <laughs> And so, uh, so apparently Iowa. a very aggressive man came up to them today having no idea who they were and said things along the lines of, i tell you what, if I ever meet that AD, I would go up to his face and say, Bobby Stoops was ours. And you know what? He was born here. He was Iowa's. That's where he was raised. <laughs> and so. That's so ridiculous. Which he was born in Young Sand, Ohio and raised there. So. <laughs> I guess uh, Larry Nafee thought it would be funny. He is the wolf. He is the wolf uh, to go ahead. And I, if I would have done the same thing if I were there and just went up to the guy and he goes, well, sir, if you have a problem with the athletic director who hired Bob Stoops, here he is right here. This is Joe Castiglione. And the guy looked like he just saw a ghost. And really? didn't say a word the rest of the way. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. It is very, uh, you know, diner in the middle of nowhere. It's so funny that they go, they, for everybody that doesn't know, Joe C, every road game, they'll go, him and, like, They find Tony a little Roland. diner somewhere. Is it him and Toby, and then Larry Nafee? Larry Nafee and maybe Zach Selman. Yeah. They go and find a diner that is off the beaten track or close to the town that It's one of those things, that, like, they're usually got to wait in a line to get in every morning. And this is anywhere, right? This is not just football. Yeah, this California, is, like, basketball. This is yeah, basketball, whatever sport. Different sports. Connoisseurs of the diner, which I couldn't respect more. That's that's an unbelievable stance to have. That's pretty good. That's a that's a great story. So yeah, if you're in Iowa, maybe save your uh, your Bobby Stoops rants for when 
members of the Oklahoma, you know, athletic department aren't maybe eating around you in your famous local establishment. That's my advice to you. I'm guessing Bobby Stoops wasn't up here this weekend. I never saw him or anything. I, I wrote this down before the game. It was interesting to me that Drake Stoops' uh, traveling squad and other people didn't. Uh, obviously, we kind of found out today that uh, Jaqueline Crawford's probably set for a red shirt. He didn't travel with the team. Um, who else was uh, – oh, that uh, Tanner Schaefer didn't come, but Tanner Mordecai did. Thought that was, was kind of interesting. he not here at all? No. no. Really? I mean, I don't know. He might have been on the sideline. Yeah, he, he but he wasn't paid his own way to come up or something. Yeah. That's like when Baker – Came to Kate TCU. His own way he, had to, to, he had to and Lubbock get his way there. And Lubbock. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Lubbock. So yeah, you can come up. You just can't, you know. Right? I doubt he came all the way to Ames. I mean, yeah, it, it's a long trip. Nobody. Really, he kind of nobody wants to go to Ames, but on their own, anyways. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's good that Austin Kendall is now back. Maybe he gets to see some time if you get a a, a little bit of a lead next week. Which should have, I mean, God, next week, what do we do if the defense gives up a whole bunch of points to Army? Well, you wonder why they just shut the can't website down. The, well, maybe. Sell it. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, the, the one thing OU has done through three games has been consistent about they can stop the run. Yeah. For the most part. And I don't Except think when that, you throw the ball out on the edges. I don't think, I don't, I don't think private whatever is going to. Be running the ball down OU's throat, right? I mean, I, they, I guess I think, they are technically privates, most of them. I think private pile plays. I mean, unless for, they're for in Army. the officer pro. I don't know how all that works. I guess I have to ask somebody. I don't know. Got two Oklahoma kids out at Navy. Kid from Edmund Memorial and uh, Perry Olson from uh, UConn. Yep. What's the kid's name from? Brennan Memor- Mitchell. Brennan Mitchell, that's right. So yeah, it it's it's gonna be fun, uh, and it'll probably be Sunday. What'll be Sunday? The podcast because the night oh yeah, it's six o'clock. Oh yeah, it's a night okay. game, so we'll probably come back tomorrow or on the next day and do the podcast. So just be aware. Six of that. o'clock. Congratulations, OU fans! You have something to live for this week. A night game. Yeah. Hopefully my radio's still nice. gonna do some dumb shit like want to have a six thirty a.m. pregame show. I'm not comfortable enough with my radio standing to say that yet, but <laughs> I congratulate you on being able to say that. They know how I feel. <laughs> I've made it abundantly clear. Yeah, I feel that. I way. don't think you have to. You don't have to go leap out on a limb or any or get out on a limb. No, but it was great being with you guys this weekend. Uh, great being able to produce the first ever uh, Eskridge Lexus post game podcast. We have on the quite road. the setup. I'm proud of it. It I, is. I it's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm looking like Josh always listens back to pod. I'm going to listen back to this one just to see how it. Eddie, I appreciate you not dropping any f bombs because I was, that would make I it very hard. Conscious on this first. I was conscious of that whole deal. I'll start bringing pad and pencil so I can mark things down. Eh, go without. I'm not going to make it to church in the morning, so <laughs> I feel confident. Just have a few, few, a few, few. Just a fewer, a few things less to confess. Yes, correct. I'll go on Wednesday. Uh, is there anything just as a whole from the college football world that we need to hit on before we get out of here? Texas had a nice win today. Did Arkansas State cover? Uh, Arkansas State covered 29-20. Hate to see Ooh. that. Sorry, Tulsa. Washington's <laughs> up. 21. Wisconsin. Washington's up 21-7. Wisconsin gets beat by uh, – yeah, the, the 
Big Ten West. Do you want to oh, delve bad. into their day real quick? Oh, just bad. right right before we get well, out Wisconsin of here. Wisconsin lost to BYU uh, on a missed field. Well, they they missed an opportunity to go to overtime. Wisconsin lost to BYU at home. Nebraska lost to Troy at home. Oh. Will Sunderland. Su- Will Sunderland had a game winning pick. Interception. Sunderland. That's pretty cool. I I always liked Will. I know that his time in. Uh, I think that all three of us had a really good relationship with Will. It just didn't work out in Norman. Illinois lost to uh, USF at home uh, at Soldier Field. Purdue lost to Missouri at home. Northwestern lost to Akron at home in a game that they led 21-3. to I was, was tracking the, that for a while. It was the first time that Akron has beat a Big Ten member since 1894. Iowa beat an FCS school. Minnesota beat Miami of Ohio. That's pathetic. That's Big 12 shit. Is, there, is Arizona State winning? Uh, it's 14-14 to 14 at halftime. San Diego State. Man, the Big Ten is terrible. Because Michigan State is not that good. So the Sun Devils win doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, they're, what, 3-0? and but Or 2-0? and But having Look at this guy. Oh, look, I did it. Whoa! The guy fumbled it while he's running in for a score for for Utah. What is everybody? Uh, what was everybody ooing and on about Jake Browning? Did he break his leg or something? He took a nasty shot. Okay, is that, is that was, what happened? It was targeting. All right, maybe he is dead. We're just uh, delaying the inevitable because we gotta get out. Yeah, of we here. gotta get out. Of here. I gotta upload this thing. You guys gotta fly back in the morning. I'll just tell people I'm flying back to. Um, so, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate uh, Eskridge Lexus for helping us be a part of this. Uh, don't forget, those uh, new ES uh, 2019s are coming in right now. Uh, go get you some Coupe L Works. Uh, they've been brewing in Oklahoma City for nine years. Seven, uh, se- seven year-round beers, four seasonals. Uh, go try it out. They got the 12-packs in certain liquor stores. Go get you some um, I- F5 IPA. Uh, or the Horny Toad Blonde, even though uh, TCU sucked it up tonight. There's nothing wrong with that Horny Toad Blonde beer. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks to Eddie Radosevich. Thanks to Bob Persbillo. I'm Kerry Murnock, and we'll see you guys next time right back here on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Show. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.